All right, guys, you guys ready to roll? We're gonna we're gonna rock this out because uh, I am already screwing over everybody's time, so I apologize in advance. And uh, here we go. All right. Okay. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mid-Level Show. This is my favorite show on performance medicine audio. Uh, for those who are first-time listeners, this is where we get the mid-levels of performance medicine together, and we discuss last week's Doctor's Note and Dictations podcast. Uh, if you have not listened to the Dictations podcast from Dr. Rogers, you should. Um, those are his latest thoughts on health and wellness topics. And this past week's topic was a really interesting one and one that um, was kind of a piggyback off of uh, last week's uh, topic, which was back pain. Um, guys, this week we're talking about chronic pain. And the way Dr. Rogers describes chronic pain is pain that lasts weeks, months, or years. And, you know, one of the things he says is that over the course of our lives, 20% of Americans will experience some sort of chronic pain. And, uh, and I, I just want to, I'll start off with Fran here, you know, Fran, I, I know I, I'm, I'm starting with you. Uh, what's your thoughts on this past week's doctor's note? And have you had any experience with chronic pain? Thankfully, no. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but I will do everything to stay out of chronic pain. I, my thoughts are he did, I do have a form of chronic pain and he mentioned the migraine headaches. I've had headaches since I was a child. And um, when you have a type of pain, you will do almost anything to get out of it. So, um, you know, I thought, I thought his message was really good about how we, we don't want people on opioids all the time. We, it's really for acute pain, but if you have some sort of chronic pain, it's telling you something is wrong and let's try to get to the bottom of what that is. Now, of course, something is wrong with me that I get migraine headaches, but never been able to figure it out, but I keep searching. But I will say that we have a new drug in the office that we've been using that has been a miracle for me. I'm not even scared of a migraine headache anymore because I know within 40 minutes after taking that pill, I'm going to feel great. And it lasts for two days. Well, what is that, Fran? I, I know that I've, I've heard... Uh, you guys talk about it before, but why don't you tell us what... Am what I the... allowed to mention drugs on this? Is that fine? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It's Nurtec. Okay. Okay. And you've been using that for your migraines? Yes. And yes. Is, it, it just became available, I believe, this February. Oh, wow. Okay. Guys, have you heard of that? Has that been something that you guys are prescribing? Andy, yeah. Andy, I see you nodding your head. Yeah. Paris pulling it out. Yeah. There it is. So, Kara, uh, are, you, are you taking that as well? No, I have not taken it. I do have migraines um, occasionally, um, but this is uh, great. As Fran already said, you take one, it dissolves um, in your mouth and um, you get relief within 40 minutes and it's supposed to last for two days. Other medications you have to redose if you don't get relief and also very little side effects like, you know, fatigue and stuff like that. So I've not used it myself, so I'm glad to hear some positive feedback. Are are you are you taking any are you are you dealing with any sort of chronic pain in the past or or currently, Kara? No, thank goodness. No, thank goodness. Yeah, it does seem you know it's it's all about prevention, you know, and and doing the best you can with it if you do suffer from chronic pain. Uh, Andy, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about um, your experience as a provider with chronic pain and and what your thoughts are are from this past week's doctor's note. 
Um, I loved it. Uh, so I don't have a ton of experience treating chronic pain. Um, and two, even with what I was saying yesterday, and Fran and I got to talk about it this morning about the opioid epidemic, how it's kind of pushed in school. Hey, people are pain seekers because opioids aren't curing pain. It's just making you not feel it. So I think Fran, you brought up a good point of what's causing the pain and let's get to the root cause. And we talked this morning about something that I think we do well at performances. We try to dig and find out what these root causes are. So we're not just masking pain with an opioid. That's just making you feel good. It's not curing or fixing the etiology. I do think it's important for listeners to know and providers to know too, pain is subjective. It's not an objective finding. You can, it's an objective finding. Uh, when I rotated in the ER, I loved my ER rotation. I think my preceptor actually listens to our show. Christine, if you're listening, it was my favorite rotation. I loved it. What's up, Christine? Uh, <laughs> Christina, Christina. Christina. So, so whenever we're feeling for the back, oh, I've got back pain and you're kind of talking to them and palpating along the spine and they're going to jump when it hurts. And, or even like when you knock the bed, and that's just kind of a trick to see. That's an objective finding. Oh, I felt tender, tenderness to palpation along a certain spot, but, but pain, I think it's important to know uh, from my perspective, what I'm learning is empathy towards it. If someone says they're in pain, believe them, they're in pain. Uh, but that's why we have those scales of zero to 10 is what is this pain to you with zero being nothing, 10 being you're on fire. But it's really, I think people have, uh, and two, I have a lot of empathy for the fibromyalgia patients. That's hard to explain and hard, and hard to actually have a clinical finding of it. With testosterone, it's low. We see it's low. You got symptoms. You give them testosterone, it comes back up, symptom relief. It's harder for pain. Um, so I just have, I'm just learning to have a lot more empathy. And, and one thing I'll say about that, you know, one thing that Dr. Rogers has always, I know he, he coaches you guys on and he talks a lot about in his notes is, is always have a solution. And, you know, like it's important that when a, a patient comes in and sees you, you know, whether you have something that's going on that you really, you can't figure out, they, they need some sort of answer in terms of doing something. I, I think there was an example with, uh, Andy, our mom, she went to a to a dentist and and he didn't quite know what was going on, but he gave her something to do, and uh, and that alone helped out a lot. But uh, but Amber, I want to hear some of your thoughts coming from with your background in pain. Uh, what sort of chronic pain did you see, uh, you know, or have you seen in the past, and what's your thoughts on it? Um, well, what Andy was saying about the subjective nature of pain. So um, when I was in pain management, obviously I did a lot of yes, conferences yes, because I was yes. in a primarily prescribing, not, I want to say primarily, but opioids were a, a part of my everyday because of the chronic nature of the pain, mostly failed back surgeries, neck surgeries. Um, some of some were non-surgical patients who just had severe stenosis and um, things that were non-operable. But the, the nature of pain, you know, it became, and I want to I can't exactly remember the decade, but I want to say it was like the 80s or 90s, the fifth vital sign. Before that, you had patients who were suffering from pain because it was never assessed. It was kind of like pain is a part of life. It's a part of your hospital experience. And then it kind of became, we need to address patients' pains, and it became the fifth vital sign next to, you know, your, your blood pressure and your pulse and, and your temperature and, and, and respirations, and then, then they added pain. And so now it's like, yes, I'm in pain. Oh, well, we must get the pain down. And so as a society, we began to uh, 
over medicate pain because we the goal is zero the pain goal is zero and from my take and i definitely think there's a place for pain medications i definitely um empathy is very important you know i think one of the things especially with patients uh, chronic pain patients um having that empathy for them even when it become you become very jaded is important um, but also, I, one of my takeaways um, from Dr. Rogers about the modalities to help pain was the psychological component that is involved with pain. And if you can address that, um, I had good success. Uh, the hard part with um, cognitive behavioral therapy, it's not covered by insurance, so it can be kind of pricey. But um, when you take that aspect with pain, um, I... I and not by any stretch saying you can think yourself out of pain or you can think your situation better, but there is a psychological component to your pain. And it, the patients that I had, the ones that were consumed by it and dwelled on it and just never wanted to, to do anything except get their pain medicine and sit in their house, um, they fared worse than those patients who somehow accepted and dealt with and, and tried to manage their life with their pain as far as managing their pain, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and that's really interesting, Amber, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I want to ask just an, an open-ended question to you guys um, from a provider standpoint. You know, one thing Dr. Rogers mentioned was that pain is a signal, and he actually mentioned the, the dangers of not feeling pain. So, so where, like, how do you coach patients from a standpoint of a, you know, you can call it mindfulness, you know, you can call it, you know, cognitive, you know, behavioral change, all that stuff that you were talking about, Amber. But when, like, when do you listen to the pain versus when do you try to redirect your attention? Um, because I, I find that to be fascinating. And, you know, I've always been of the mindset, well, I can redirect my attention and thus control it. But then with the way the way Dr. Rogers was was speaking about pain as a signal, uh, I think you almost have to have a balance. Uh, does any any one of you guys have a follow up to that or or thoughts on that? Because I, I find that topic super fascinating. It depends on the nature of pain, because when it's acute abdominal pain and I went through this last year and I just kept saying I had a virus and I kept laying on the couch and after about eight hours, my husband's like, I've never seen you like this. I think we should do something. I'm like, no, I'm good. I go overnight. You know, long story short, it was my appendix. And that was my body. You know, I kept thinking this is going to get better. And then obviously it, I kept deteriorating. So I think that knowing those signals and, and especially if it's an acute type situation and uh, knowing when to listen is important. Andy, yeah. Andy, I think you had to something to say. I, that, I think that's a hard question. Pain, pain is a signal, but then you think about, oh yeah, push through the pain. Like exercising can be painful. It could be perceived as this hurts running or lifting weights. But I think, I think allowing, trying to teach patients, because that's a hard question, Ben. That's a really hard question. You want to teach them to push through. I mean, exercising is going to be painful. Waking up may be painful to you, but pain, an acute type of pain, what Amber is saying is different than the pains of life. Does that make sense? Is that stupid to think of? Push through the pain to freaking work out. But if your bicep is torn off, don't lift a weight. Does that make sense? I think Amber brings up a good point. Anytime it's different than normal, like her husband said, I'm not used to seeing you like this anything interfering with like just activities of daily living, you know, if normally you're taking the stairs and you're not, or if, you know, family members or people around you are 
well, this is different. I'm not used to seeing this because sometimes when you're in it, you don't really, you don't really see um, things clearly. And so you really have to listen to those around you. And if they're noticing things are different than what they, what normally have been. So I think that's important. Uh, that's a great point, Kara. You, you know, like Anything just no, noticing outside the box. Mm-hmm. Anything yeah. that's outside the normal, and, and, and that's what Amber was saying with, with her husband noticing that. Uh, I think that's it. And, you, you know, and also, do... too, things that persist. You know, my husband, um, he was diagnosed with Crohn's uh, three years ago, but he had been having colonoscopy since he was in eighth grade. And they just couldn't figure out what's wrong. Like, why is this kid always saying his stomach hurts? Why does he have these GI? You know, when there's always, when there's, you know, your body, there's, there's other ways of determining things, even if it's not a clear cut answer, you know, listen to the other signals that are coming too, uh, because most of the time there's going to be a causation. Yeah. Fran, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Cause I, I want to, I want to get your, your input here because I just feel like pain is such a, even with the question I asked, it's, it's borderline a bad question because there's so many different variables and, but yet, it's the one of the two reasons in general why people come and see you guys and see uh, providers in general. Uh, so, what what what's your thoughts on just acute pain versus, uh, you know, this is a pain that we can get over? Well, just I guess asking all the appropriate questions and trying to find out um, the nature of the pain and if you can come up with a reason for it. Um, you know, like you said, like if you've just if you've been working out like crazy and gosh, you can't lift your arm. Well, guess what? <laughs> your muscles are over fatigued and inflamed. And yes, you can't move your arm. But if, you know, it's you haven't done anything and you're laying in bed at night and you've just got this radiating pain down your arm, even when you're not moving, you know, it lets you think, hey, that's that's probably nerve pain. Right. If you're not even moving and you're in pain, it's a it's the different qualities of pain can kind of help you determine where it's coming from. And then of course, the entire history of what have you been doing? You know, like with your stomach pain, you know, had you been around a lot of people who had had stomach virus and maybe you're just in pain because you have that, are you the only one in the family who's buckled over in pain and throwing up and, you know, just, just looking at the whole picture and trying to come to a rational conclusion about where, where to start. I think that's I think that's exactly right, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here, guys, because we're we're running out of time. Uh, any any final thoughts on on chronic pain? It, it is such a huge topic, and 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 like we've said before, it's you know being tired and and, and being in pain are the are two of the 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 main reasons people come and see us and people come and see doctors in general. Uh, any final thoughts before we before we wrap up here, guys? Um, yeah. Those patients who are in chronic pain, I think, um, and they've dealt with it for so long, I was encouraged by some of the lists that Dr. Rogers, you know, your, your, your only option is not opioid medication. Lots of people think it is, and I'm not saying there's not a place for that, but if you can even alternating a, an NSAID with, with Tylenol um, or uh, the different modalities like physical therapy and stretching and, and uh, you know, non-steroidal injections, things like that. I think that's encouraging to those people who have lived with pain for so long that there are options to care for that. Andy, you, you wanted to mention something, I believe? Yeah, um, a couple things. One, he mentions an inflammatory diet. 
I, I do think that often we miss an opportunity of what we put in our mouths. Like food is energy and you are, you are a machine and that is your fuel for the machine. Think about what you're putting into the machine. If you put dirt into a computer or into your car, it's probably not gonna run. You need premium gasoline, gonna run better. And I feel like too, I feel like I'm reading a book called The Doritos Effect. Oh my God, it will make you not wanna eat anything ever again because processed foods processed foods have all these additives to get you to eat another chip it's insane so i do feel like a, I, I do think our diet can be cleaned up he mentioned that another thing he didn't mention which i'm surprised is lotus now trexone um because he's a big proponent of ldn and i'm sure we've done a ton of things on that and fran and i talked this morning fran and i just had it we had a meeting at the mines this morning so <laughs> but we talked if i could have just been a fly on the wall there that would have been <laughs> just a, a wealth of insight but she's reading a book on lotus naltrexone which is a non-opioid it's it's not a narcotic it's actually an antagonist and using it in low doses has been used for a variety of treatments one of which i learned this morning was thyroid um thyroid disorder but also too with weight loss um and with chronic pain management too you can't be on a pain medication while doing low dose naltrexone but there's a lot of other things that we can do and knowing too if you learn anything pain is subjective opioids mask the pain and i think start digging seeing what's the root cause i'm really really glad you said that thing about the low dose naltrexone we were going over our uh our podcast stats and, and the most listened to podcast episode of dictations is the one on low dose naltrexone uh, for the listeners out there i will link that uh episode in the show notes of this podcast um guys we're we've run out of time um such a big topic and i'm sure it's one that we will talk a lot more about. Um, I appreciate y'all taking the time today. Uh, to the listeners out there, thank you for listening. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel or to Performance Medicine Weekly, I think we call it Performance Weekly. Um, I apologize. Performance Weekly. Uh, go to our website, performancemedicine.net or Performance Medicine Audio on all the social channels. Uh, guys, that's it. I love you all. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.